Welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message.
Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Father. If you have a Bible, uh, turn it to the book of Genesis, chapter 26. And uh, we're looking at verse uh, 17. Father, I pray as we come around your word this morning, we thank you, Lord, first of all, for your presence here, Lord, and uh, for being so kind to us, Lord. Um, as we pray, Lord, we, we feel your nearness, Lord. We sense your presence. We know, Lord, as we pray, Lord, that we're not on our own, uh, that you stand with us. You don't abandon your people. So thank you again, Lord, for being so strong here today, Lord, and showing yourself strong to your people, Lord. And I pray as we come around the word, that you bless this word, Lord, to your glory, to your glorious name, Lord, that you will lift the hearts of your people, that indeed 2024 will be a tremendous year for us, Lord. We thank you again, Lord, for all that you have done and all that you are doing and all that you will do in the future. For you are the same yesterday, today and forever, Lord. And the God that saved us all those years ago hasn't changed. And the grace still flows towards, to us and through us. We thank you for that now, Lord, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. <clears throat> um, verse 17. Isaac moved away to the Gira Valley where he set up uh, his tents and settled down. He reopened the wells of his father he had dug, which the Philistines had filled in, in after Abraham's death. Isaac also restored the names Abraham had given them. Isaac's servants also dug in the Gerar Valley and dug a well of fresh water. But then the shepherds of Gerar came and claimed the spring. This is our water, they said, and they argued over it with Isaac's herdsmen. So Isaac named the well Esk, which means argument. Isaac men, Isaac's men then dug another well, but there again there was a dispute over it, so Isaac named it Sitna, which means hostility. Abandoning that one, Isaac moved on and dug another well. This time there was no dispute over it. So Isaac named the place Rehoboth, which means open spaces. For he said, at last the Lord has created enough space for us to prosper in the land. From there Isaac moved to Beersheba, where the Lord appeared to him on the night of his arrival. I am the God of your father Abraham, he said. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. And will bless you. I will multiply your descendants, and they will be, and they will become a great nation. I will do this because of my promise to Abraham, my servant. Then Isaac built an altar there and worshipped the Lord. He set his camp at this place, and his servants dug another well. May God bless our his, the reading of His word this morning. Um, I think I titled this message, I hope 2024 will be better. I have actually I titled it, I wish 2024 will be better. Now, at this portion in Isaac's life, his dad, Abraham, the patriarch, uh, the man who God anointed to, to bring forth the seed of Christ. Through Abraham, there was going to be a nation, a nation, a homeland, a homeland. The Savior was going to be born into, which is the land of Israel and uh, of Abraham's lineage. But uh, Abraham was, uh, Isaac was 40 when he took his wife, Rebecca. He loved her. His dad died, didn't leave him any land, Let him, left him wealth, but didn't leave him any land. He was sojourning. Abraham was a man who believed that there was a spiritual call in his life, and therefore the, the ownership of land wasn't too particular to him at this time. He was looking for a city whose architect and builder was God. He was transfixed with the revelation that the, that the Spirit had given him, that through his loins would come the Savior. This I'm absolutely convinced of. The more I read the Scripture, the more I believe that Abraham, as he became older, became all more the aware of, of the importance of uh, the righteous lineage and how God was going to bring salvation to the world. But it hadn't been a great few years for Isaac. Isaac had buried his father. He has his wife, just two sons born to him. And um, that's another story. And uh, there's a famine in the land. It's the same famine at the time of Abraham. And uh, it, it, it drives him into the land of the Philistines, where Abimelech is the king. And so he's there, and he's, 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 he's frightened of Abimelech. Uh, Abimelech, is, as I say, is a king. Isaac is, you could say, a wealthy man. He, he's got herds. He's got possessions. He doesn't own land. He doesn't have an army. 
He lies about his wife being his sister because he's terrified in case they kill him to take his wife. And um, so she's obviously a beauty because she's over the age of 40 at this stage and she's still, she has, she's still not wrinkled. She looks really great. And uh, he's worried for his dear wife. And he, he, he you know, this, this area is his journey that they're not speckled with glory. That's the thing you love about the Bible. You know, the Bible's not a propaganda book. The Bible tells you the sort of good, the bad, and the ugly of all its candidates. And uh, not like other propaganda books, you, you know, like, uh, you know, I, don't, I won't need to mention from some of the other major religions of the world that cite nothing of a negative nature towards their candidates. But the Bible is very honest because uh, what it does, it starts to point out that the reality of human beings is that we're, we're fundamentally flawed because of sin. That's just the reality of it. You can't fix yourself and you will never fix yourself. God allows religions. He allows even time. For that to sink in. That's what the whole journey of the Old Testament is about because we, we find that hard to believe. We think that we, you know, we can fix ourselves. Amen. That's really the, the fundamental core. And, and then a new generation pops up and thinks, well, you know, technology has moved on. We're a bit more educated than our previous parents. We certainly can fix ourselves. You know, and so the whole jolly thing goes on to another generation, you know, that have full of self, self-belief. That's what God's trying to knock out of us is self-belief. If you're believing in yourself this morning, you're just going to end up on the dunghill of history, worn out and broken, because you can't save yourself. There's only one who can save you. There's only one well that you can come to. Amen. So Isaac, is, he's now, he has this revelation. He's, he knows that he needs life, and, uh, and uh, water is life. In the, in the Old Testament, uh, water, was, uh, water was known as the gift of God among the ancients, even the Greeks. The Greek had a god of water. It was, a, it was her gift, as they would call it. But the ancients had this belief that, that water was life, and it is life. You cannot, this planet does not exist. You and I will not exist. You can go many days without food. I happened to go five days, which is a bit of a record when you have an ulcer uh, this week. And, but you can't go that length without water. Well, you could, but you'll, you'll, you'll be, you would be very, very, uh, very, very ill. You may just about survive. But water is, is fundamental. It's fundamental to life. And, uh, you know, Jesus, you know, wants you to have life. He wants you to have that living water that he promised in John's gospel. And Isaac went back and he started to undig the wells that had been filled in by, by Abraham's enemies. The, the Philistines always saw Abraham as somewhat as a threat. Just so anything, anybody in that area of that time, anyone that seems to prosper or grow or any sense of anybody was a very, very medieval um, uh, world at that time and they would not want to permit people to settle in settlements and areas so they would fill in the wells so that no other peoples would come in there and, and, uh, and they would keep basically their well and their land and their people sustained but they didn't want to sustain a, a, a new upstart from anybody or another group of people moving in even though Abraham had made all these wells uh, uh, Isaac went back and started reopening them and it's interesting he, he, he opened them and he started recalling the, the names that his father called them and um, we'll go back to that in a moment. But, you know, any time that you try to go and, and find the, the, the gift of God, any time you try to tap into the things of God, there's always going to be opposition. And he had opposition. You know, they had a, he opened these two wells, and one, one he called strife, and the other was opposition. And that's the reality of life, isn't it, for you and me, when we try to find, and when you try to go after God, the minute you try to say, you know, that I'm, I'm going to depart from the way I've done things, and go after God. It's, it's not easy. It's not without opposition. The, the, the devil will always try to oppose you. The devil will always try to come against you. And, and Isaac, uh, he, he actually encountered this, of course. He encountered this uh, until he kept on moving forward and believing God. Kept on moving forward. Even when people had envy towards him and badness towards him. He, he, all the more he knew, he had to dig a little deeper. Amen. You know, friends, we are in a new year. And many of you will stand over the, the shadow of the past year and look at it. And will have many, some will have many regrets. Some will look back and, and say there's been many defeats. There's been many good th- things in this life. But there's some here this morning. And even if you had a good year, you know that you can't live on past experiences. It's very important. It, you know, some, some Christians are living many, many years in past experiences. They've, they've, their wells have long since dried up, but they have memories still, and, and they can talk about the good old days. But they're not walking in the peace 
And they're not walking in the victory of that. You know, they're not seeing the fruit in their life. I think every Christian has, I think every single Christian that's truly born again has peace with God. That's what the Bible says. Amen. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I think every single Christian is at peace with the fact that when we die, we're going to go to heaven. I think even the weakest Christian knows that and has, is at peace with that. I think the, the, the scariest thing is, the, is to not live with peace. It's to not know the presence of God. You know, and not having that richness of, of the water of the Spirit. You know, we prayed this morning. Do you, know, do you notice as you prayed and as we were praying, even praying with the Lissard of Hamas, you notice that there is something of a warmth that comes over you when you pray. There's something that begins to wrap you in peace, even if it's only for those solitary moments. It's like an oasis, isn't it? You know, isn't prayer when you choose to say, I will use one of the means of God's grace, prayer, to, to find the gift of God, uh, you know, and, uh, and experience God in a greater way. Do you notice that when you, even with the times of prayer during the week, for those of you that were able to journey, wonderful, and those who part journeyed, God bless you too. I'm sure he has and you've experienced something of the, the, the presence of the Lord. But when you journey apart, journey, you always have that sense of reward. That's, but it's not even the reward. It's the sense of peace. It's that sense of godliness with contentment is great gain. The world stops a little bit. It does. Things stop. No, they don't, but they do. And all of a sudden... A sense of the nearness of the divine happens. That's what happens when we pray. You know, it's, it's, it's great to have prayers that move mountains. But I have to be honest with you. The more I grow, I just want prayers that bring his sense, the sense of his peace. Heavens and earths will pass away. Mountains will move. Oh, so what? Mountains move. Oh, did you see that mountain move? But you could go back into your bedroom the next day and be surrounded with fear. You've been at conferences, Christian, with the presence of God everywhere. You've seen healings. Most of us here have seen some forms of healings over our lives as Christians, and we've heard about them. We've sensed the presence of God in places. And we've seen wonderful, heard wonderful testimonies, wonderful, eloquent preachings from the Word of God. You know, and, and, and that's wonderful, but then you can leave the auditorium, the church, or the event, and you go back to your, your lonely room, and all of a sudden the voices begin to drown out what you experienced in the past. And, uh, and these things become memories to you, and, and you try to live in those memories, but God doesn't want you to live in memories. Memories are good, but they're not what sustain you. Amen? And, and if you're like me, from time to time I live in memories, and when I start living in memories, I start getting spiritually very, very unhealthy. I, I, you know, I become a little bit skittish. And, uh, and so you know, he had to dig to find the gift of God. And there's going to be obstruction in 2024. I just want to say that going into this year, it, when you, as I said, looking back in 2023, you may wish for 2024 to be better, but you can't be wishing your life to change. Are you hearing me this morning? If you're going to go into this year and all you're doing is, I wish it would be better. I wish that this is going to be a better year than the previous years. Well, I don't give you very good odds of having a successful year. Because you can't wish, you have to dig. You don't start over a wishing well. Do I hear an amen this morning? It's not a wishing well. God has given you means so that you can experience him in a greater way. That's the incredible thing about it. The reality about it is God has given us the graces, means of grace graceful means in which we can start going back to a pattern of living that will bring about the gifts and fruit of God in our lives. And even when you do that, you'll get opposition. There'll be strife in that journey. Some people will actually even try to stop you from fasting when you're called to, ah, oh, you don't need to do that. I'm, I'm only doing this. Well, that's fine. You do, you do this. Or when it comes to, you don't mean to be so fanatical with, with your devotion to the Lord. Sometimes you'll find other voices that know better would speak strifey talk into your life. Sometimes, you know, it'll be come from carnal sources that don't know the Lord, but sometimes it comes from people who do know the Lord, fleshly Christians. And a lot of the reason that is because 
If you start to make the break where God wants to bring you to, they'll feel very uncomfortable in your presence. Because, you know, there is that sense of, uh, you heard a story that two crabs in the bucket. You know the story? You see the kids that catch the, the crabs at the seaside and put them in a the bucket. And, you know, a crab is well able to climb up out of a bucket. He's got the ability to do it. So if it's one in his own, he can climb up. But when there's two there, for some sneaky reason, just as one guy is starting to get up the side of the bucket, the other one lifts his claw and drags him back down again. It's amazing that some people want you to stay in the bucket with them. They feel comfortable if there's... I, I think back when I was in primary and secondary school, you didn't feel so bad if you didn't have your Irish homework done if somebody else didn't have it done either. You know, you're only hoping, did you, did you do your eka? That was our, our word for uh, your exercise. Did you do your eka? No, I didn't either. That's two of us at least. Anybody else? Three, it got dissolved very quickly. And it's, it's amazing even in the spiritual side of things when, when, when you know, others want, maybe want to you know, just kind of simmer in their past failures and go to a level of tepid Christianity. And um, you know, they're great singers and great worshipers, but they don't know how to pray. They don't know how to read their Bible. They don't know how to break bread with an open heart. They don't know what true Christian service is about. You know, and they, they, they don't want to go beyond that. They, they, they want to stay in, in a place of dryness. And, and, and yet, there's a peace to know that when they die, they're going to go to heaven. But there's no peace in their life now. And Christian, I want to say to some of us here this morning, you know you're right with God, but you don't have any peace now in your life around you. Just, it's, you feel like you're surrounded by enemies, and you are. You're looking what's coming from behind you, what's coming down the road. You try to put up a firewall in every area of your life. And, but you're wishing for change instead of digging into God. And Isaac began to dig. And I want to tell you, friends, if the Bible doesn't call us laborers for no reason. It doesn't call us soldiers for no reason. It doesn't call us servants or slaves for no reason. There is a labor for us, there, but it's a godly labor. It's a labor that produces in our lives a, a, a tremendous sense, and, uh, of the, not just of the presence of God, but a tremendous testimony of exalted living. A tremendous testimony of what a man or a woman of God should look like to a dull and broken world. You know, so when people see you, let, let your light so shine. Let them see your good deeds. Let them glorify your Father who is in heaven. It's not for you to see your good deeds, what a good guy you are, what a good girl you are. It's to see that there's a good God that produces his goodness in us, his righteousness in us, for his name's sake, for his testimony's sake. You have a choice to go to heaven, a very broken man or woman or God, or living a very strong life like Paul did, even in the midst of despair that he had in his life. He said, I ran the race, I fought the fight, I've kept the faith. Now, without being cocky, I'm waiting for the crown. He wasn't being arrogant. It was his right. He knew that there was absolutely things he was called to do, and as he called those, there was going to be crowns for him to be worn. And I want to tell you this morning, Whatever strife, whatever arrogance you come up, whatever opposition you come up against, keep digging. Stop wishing over the well. Don't look into your Bible and just carry it and just look at it on a shelf. Start digging. Don't stand in the church with this closed and wish my life was different. And you're looking at the well. Looking at the well every day, and you're wishing for change. Someone said that's the definition of madness, to keep doing the same things every day and expect a different outcome. And if you do the same things you did in 2023 as you d and do it in 2024, guess what? You don't need to be a mathematician. You're going to produce exactly the same in 2024, which is probably for many of us a wasted year. Just a year we're just getting a bit more crotchety, a little bit more skittish, a little bit gray or a little bit wrinkly or whatever it may be, friends, but that's not the will and purpose. That is not the heart of God for you or for me. It must break the heart. It breaks the heart of every true father or mother to see any of their biological children not achieve where they could. I'm not saying where a kid, child doesn't have an ability. You know, you come to terms with that. But when you see your children that have ability and utility and strength, and that there's every means given to them to, to be far better, far deeper, academically, 
socially, responsibility-wise, and you don't see them move in that direction. That, uh, to any honest, any educated, to any good parent, that is, that's a tragedy to behold. I want to say, tell you this morning, your Heavenly Father is looking down upon us, and He sees many of us, and we're not achieving. We're not achieving the markers. We're not growing. Healthy things grow, friends. And you're not going to grow without the water. You're, not, you're, going, to, you're going to dry. You're going to stagnate. You're, 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 going to, you're, you're, going to, you're literally going to wither. And the Bible says that's not the portion of the Lord. Where might be the trees of the Lord, the planting of the Lord, whose trees, whose leaves never wither. And whatever we do prospers. And don't, it doesn't matter if you're working in Costco's, you can prosper, friends. Because it's more than just what the pay packet looks like. I've seen people who have very little in, in their income, but I'm telling you, they have, they have copious amounts of joy. Copious amount of personality. Copious amounts of the presence of God. They look at life differently. It's like I'm free. I'm free of trying to take the big mortgage over my head. If God gives me the opportunity, great. But I'm, I'm free of it. If he wants me to have one, fine. I'm smart enough to get a mortgage. But that's not what drives me. Amen. I'm smart enough you know, to, to, to achieve academically. I'm smart enough to achieve fiscally in, in, in the world around me. But that's not what lights my candle. Amen. Well, what lights me up as a Christian is, a, is the word of God, the presence of God. Because when I have that, I feel very rich. I feel safe. I feel complete. I feel like I felt this morning when we started to pray as a church family for the Lasarda family. I felt the peace over me. I felt the peace over them. I felt the peace around me as I began to just draw into the presence of God and dig into the well of Christ. Begin to use the means. You know, one of the means of, of, of digging into the well, I'm going to go through them in a moment. One is prayer. The other, of course, is the word of God. And then the other is Christian fellowship. And then there's the breaking of bread and Christian service. These are the means that the Holy Spirit uses for us to experience God in a deeper way. It doesn't mean that you can, may not receive a blessing that's not sought. That, in other words, in your indifference and in, 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 in your, in your backsiddenness, God hasn't blessed you. I've been, back, I've been blessed by God even in a backslidden state. Why? Because he's good and my mom was praying for me. I didn't seek the blessing. Someone else did. Amen. I didn't, have, I didn't deserve that grace, that goodness that was given. But you know, but that's not the common means. The common means for the Christian to start tapping into the life of God is to start building that relationship through drinking from that well. And he went on to that third well called Rehoboth, which means open places. And that's where you and I drink from today. You and I, friends, don't come to a closed heaven. You and I don't come to a God that somehow has put his foot against the door that we need to knock this door down through our efforts. No, friends. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. Seek and you shall find. Ask and it shall be given to you. Amen. These are the means that we come to the Heavenly Father. We have an open heaven. That Jesus, when he looked over Jerusalem and he, he, he wept when he saw Jerusalem and he said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I would have gathered you like a mother hen gathers her chicks, but you would not come. He says, come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Uh, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and you find rest for your souls. Instead of just wishing for 2024 to be better, why not use the means of God? Why not settle it in your heart as a Christian? Dig Christian into the life of God that's given to you freely, but the conduit for that life comes through prayer. The conduit of that life, friends, comes through the word of God and Christian work and fellowship and through the breaking of bread. It's amazing. Sometimes we just don't seem to realize it takes maybe a bit of time and growth. We're all at different places in our growth as Christians and our understanding of the gospel. But the breaking of bread is a very special time. So much so that God himself instituted through Christ. He told Christ that this would be done perpetually in the church. A very special moment. That we would not uh, in some way be dismissive of the cost. But that we would have a sila moment, a meditative moment, times of contemplation. 
times of opening our hearts so that the well of life of Calvary, of all what that means, would fill us again, give us a deeper knowledge, a deeper revelation, a deeper sense of conviction. It's there the Holy Spirit takes the things of God and shows them unto us. These are encounters that God has prescribed for our, for our living, friends. You know, there's many Christians today, and I think in the Old Testament verse where the Lord says, because of a lack of knowledge, my people are perishing. My people, not the outside people, not the Philistines, not Abimelech, not the surrounding my people. And I think of how many of us today, because of, you know, we, we, you know, I'm born again, I'm saved, I'm right with God, I'm going to heaven, that's the end of the story. Friends, that's just the beginning of the story. Amen? That's just the beginning of the story. As I say, you can stay there and live there as a very anemic, very dried up Christian and make it to heaven. And I tell you, that would be wonderful. You'll get your rest and you'll, you'll enter into the rest that Christ has won for you because you can't win the rest. It's his rest. It's a gift. But between now and then, you can be a very disoriented person. Very susceptible, like, a, like, like riding a roller coaster. Like a helter-skelter. That was a famous roller coaster. The, the Beatles also had an album called Helter-Skelter. Sometimes I'm up, sometimes I'm down with the words of the song. You know, and sometimes that's the way you can live as a Christian in, in, in that yo-yo experience all the time. You know, James talks about the double-minded man. You know, he's, 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 he's unstable in everything. He's like a ship on the ocean being tossed. No rudder, no, no, no way of directing yourself. You're just blown by the winds left and right. Yet, God has preserved that the ship won't break up. Not this one, because it's salvation. But it can be a very sickly journey. Leaning this way, leaning that way, close to the rocks, back out to sea, oh, eventually get into port. But I want to tell you, friends, that if you are wanting a better 2024, stop wishing that, that life is going to change and start to move and dig into the gift of God, into the life of God. Yet all these means of getting the gift of God, the water, and they're nothing in themselves yet, but yet God makes them effectual when the blessings is desired. Trials may come through a friend or full friends, and that's what will happen. Even here, some of you this morning, God is already speaking to you about being involved in his work. Getting involved for the souls of other people and for the betterment of others. In other words, becoming what one of the titles of the Christian is servant. Oh, I just serve the Lord. Well, you can't just serve the Lord and not serve other people. There's a hypocrisy there that stinks to high heaven. I love God, but not his church. Well, I'm very sorry. You can't have it that way. It's his body. He's like, Jesus, I love your face, but your body is too fat or too skinny. <laughs> not just my, quite my right body type, Lord, you know. But you have a lovely face, Lord. No, friends. You can't, that's, not the, that's not the life. That's not how we embrace Christianity. It's not making Christianity fit my part and my thinking, my idea. It's embracing what God has said about himself and, and embracing the path for the Christian. He's shown us, old man, what is good and what the Lord requires of him to live justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with the Lord. And humbly means you submit to the word of God, to its justice, to love him, and then humble yourself to the word. If you humble yourself to the word of God under the hand of God, which is the word of God, friends, in time, say that with me this morning, in time, in time, it's not always immediate. In actual fact, it's never immediate. What's immediate is the change of direction. You can have a change of direction this morning. That can become immediate. But it's in time you will begin to see the exaltation of the Christian life within you. In time you begin to see the, the, the love, the joy, the peace, the kindness, the meekness, the gentleness. In time as you begin to say as a Christian this morning, I'm going to do as Isaac did. I'm, I'm going to start going back to the ancient wells of the scriptures. I'm going back to what the patriarchs did of the Christian faith I'm talking about. I'm going back to what the David Wilkerson's taught us and the Carter Collins teach us and, 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 and all the great men of antiquity and women of antiquity that, that showed us a pattern of life. You know, that showed us how to be separated from a carnal world, how to adopt a holy thinking by filling our minds with what, what's righteous, amen? By learning how to humble ourselves and pray. And to draw into the presence of the Lord. I'm going back to those ancient wells. Because that's the place, friends, where God chooses to reveal more of his glory in our lives. 
There's no other way. You, you, if there's another way, I'll get to heaven. We'll get to heaven and say, why, is, why was there a shortcut for him and not for us? I want to tell you, friends, the long way is always the best way. Shortcuts say something of the character that needs reforming. Everyone has always want the easy way out, friends. The easy way out is always a shallow type of Christian. Always looking for the shallow waters, the warm waters. There's no challenge here. We just kick around in the, in the ankle type water. But God calls us to deepness. Amen. God calls deep, is calling on to deep. Talking about the, the waterfalls of the, of the love of God that will flow from that calling out to deep this morning. And I hope in your heart as you go into this 2024 year, we're just still in the first month. We got, we got, we got, a, we got a year to walk here. We, we, we got to put a pattern into our life, friends. We need to proceed, set out the way we hope to proceed. No course correction. In other words, we keep our eyes fixed upon Jesus. That's the, that's the well, amen. That's the source. And then as we see him this morning, we hear what his word tells us. We pray. We fellowship together. We give of ourselves. We, we come into the word of God. We break bread. We remember him. It's God's will through trial to give you victory. You know, those who are of faith, Galatians tells us, are blessed with Abraham the believer. Then Amalek fought against Israel as the herdsmen strove against Isaac. But the way of victory was always the same in both instances. Faith in what God has said, amen, and persevering. That's the way of victory. That's the way to see the victory in your life, to see it manifest in your life. The victory for your soul was won at Calvary. Can you say amen? amen? Hallelujah. There a new life came, but he has shown you. He opens up your mind. He brings you into a new relationship. Isaac dug another well. The Lord is not going to fail you. You will have hindrances, friends, but he won't fail you. If some means of his grace, Christian services debarred from you, something you, I just, I'm here in courtiers, I can't find a place to, to, to serve. Well, that's actually not true. But should you find yourself somewhere, yeah, well, I'm out, I'm isolated, there's no, no one to serve. Well, find a non-believer that you can show kindness to and help. Amen. Find, act out what a Christian should be. Put it into your economy. Move forward in 2024. Stop wishing. I wish I could help that man. No, just go and help him. I wish I could just be a better neighbor. Stop wishing. Go in next door, knock at the door, say, I'm going to the shop. Do you need anything? Amen? Or hi, I know I'm living here for 30 years. We've never, we've never met, but I'm your neighbor. Why not just break it somewhere along the journey? If God's calling you, and he is calling you. Seek, pray. Seek the channels that God has given to you. Whatever well you dig, you always remember, Christian, that Christ is the source of that well. Make it clear in 2024, in your own heart, that you're pressing into him. Tell God that's the way. Lord, right now. I'm pressing into Christ. I'm pressing in His way this year, Lord. 2024, you need to believe in your heart and you must what? Confess with your mouth. Believe that God is bringing you to, to dig deeper into the graces of God in 2024. And tell God this morning, Lord, 2024, I am pressing into you. And also tell somebody else, Amen. Because there's something very wonderful when you tell someone that you highly respect and love and care about and say, God has challenged me. I want you to help me in this journey. Because I believe the Lord has called me to go deeper in the word. Prayer, Christian service, fellowship. And when it comes to the breaking of bread, not be like this. That my heart would have an expectation to have some spiritual transference at those moments. Tell somebody... This is where 2024 is going for me. You know, then in some sort of way, in some sort of shape, the prayer of Moses and the children of Israel 
will bring an abundant assurance to you. In Numbers 21, 17, it says, Israel sang, spring up a well. The well that the princes had dug. They sang, spring up a well, to the well that the princess has dug. And I want to tell you today, friends, our prince dug a well 2,000 years ago. The enemy has tried to cover it with strife and hostility. He tried to push you off this end. And he might put you off that plot, but the water's still down there. Amen. And he, tried to, and he comes and pushes you off that spot, but I'm still, going to, I'm still digging into God. Amen. I'm not wishing over my well. I'm digging that well. God, give me the strength. He will. You have no strength to do it. But when the desire is there and the willingness is there, God is able to fill you, feed you, and help you. Jesus said, if you knew the gift of God, which is water, and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would give you living water. John 7, on the last day of the great feast, Jesus stood and cried out with a loud voice, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. You know, when he dug that last well of Rhea, both open places, he went and he sacrificed to the Lord. And this is what the Lord said to him. I will multiply your descendants and they will become a great nation. I will do this because of my promise to Abraham. I want to tell you, Christian, this morning, as you begin to dig through the graces of God, prayer, the word of God, Christian service, Christian fellowship, and the breaking of bread, as you embark on that journey with him, God will multiply you because of not his servant Abraham, but because of his servant Jesus. For he made a promise to Jesus, to his servant in Isaiah 42, 49, 45, 49, and 50. His servant, he made a covenant with him. And that covenant was to do you good. And that covenant was to reward you with all of heaven's finest. As you put your trust in the source, Jesus Christ. And as you say, this is so for my soul. This is, for, this is so for me for 2024. Father, you know this is where I'm going. Wife, you know where this is where I'm going. This is where I'm going. And I want to tell you, because of his love for his son, because of the love of that covenant, he will multiply you. And that means in every way, friends, he will multiply you. In 2024, Amen. stop wishing and start digging. Stop wishing. A wish won't change anything. I did it as a kid from a wishbone from a chicken's body to genies in a bottle to Aladdin's cave to every Disney movie that happened. I wished upon a star. See how far that got me. But I want to say to you, and I hope you can say that to me, as for me my house, 2024 is the year that we begin to dig into the things of God and down to the beautiful waters that they flow through us again, to us and through us. And because of God's great love to Jesus, his servant, he will bless us. Not even because of the good things we have done or not done, but because of that love that covenant that is everlasting. God will meet with us in a particularly powerful way in this 2024 20, year. Will you stand with me this morning? If you are a Christian here, 
And you say, Pastor, I don't want this year to be like last year. I just don't want it to be another, another tiresome year, a skittish year, a fearful year. If that's you this morning, I'm going to invite you to come to an altar because I want to pray with you. I, I, you know, you have to first of all say this to God in your heart. This is the year I'm digging into you, Lord. You have to confess it with your mouth. Say it in your heart, confess it with your mouth. And you need to come to an altar. An altar is where you seal that. And you can, as your leaders pray, you can say to your leaders, I don't need to talk too much to you, just pray for me. But by God's grace, I'm digging into the things of God this year. By God's grace, I'm going to use these wonderful, beautiful means that God has given to me. And I'm going to dig and experience the, the, the life of Christ in a fresh and living way. Close your eyes, bow your head for a moment as we begin to worship the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just say in your heart right now, Lord, that is so for me. Lift your hands and begin to yield yourself to him. Open up your heart to the Lord today. Say, oh God, oh Jesus, let my heart spring forth a shout of praise this year, Lord. Let my life, Lord God, bring forth living water. Oh Jesus, let something very powerful of heaven flood me. God, use my life this year. Use my life, Jesus. I give myself to thee, Lord. Hallelujah. As we're worshiping, I'm going to invite you to come forward right now this morning as we're going to pray together. Leave your seats. Just abandon wherever you are. Just say, this is me this morning. Come to an altar today. And let's really, this is, before we leave this month and go into another month and we become, these become memories to us, let's just press in for five minutes together this morning. Hallelujah. Oh God. Oh God. Hallelujah. Some here you know you need to make that physical move from your chair because you know who you are. You get a little lazy. You get a little bit clouded. But we're not only wishing for change. You're going to be seeing change because you move forward. God bless you. Come to the altar this morning. Let the Holy Spirit draw you. Because he has to do this miracle in you. And if there's someone here this morning who says, Pastor, that sounds really great. But I, I just seem to have lost all the taste buds. Why don't you come to the altar and say, God, give me a hunger again for you and a thirst for you again. I, I feel so frightened of where, what I've become. I've become so frightened of where I am. I really am, Lord. I come to this house all the time. And yet, Lord, somehow... It's nearly seared in me, and I, 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 that worries me greatly, Lord. You know, he can, he can restore that to you. He can restore that hunger and thirst for his presence, even. Those who are hungry and thirsty for change, you come. You just come with a full heart. Those who are struggling, say, I don't even know if I hunger anymore and thirst, but I want to. You come forward. Hallelujah. I have nothing left. But to, all or nothing is Christ this morning. All or nothing. I have nothing left, Lord. No other cards to play. I did all my card playing last year and it got me nowhere. I ended up very frustrated and very broken. All my ideas were last year's ideas, Lord. I just need you, Lord. Hallelujah. Say to the Lord this morning, this is so, Lord. I'm digging into Christ. I'm going back to the wells, the ancient wells. The ancient wells. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website. It's www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time.